Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Good morning. It is Follow the Money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Mitch Moss along with Matt Humans. We're live today in downtown Las Vegas. Circa Sportsbook Resort and Casino is the spot. In fact, the maestro himself, Mike Palm, is going to be in studio an hour from right now. And uh, also in studio today, Paul Stone is going to be here in 30 minutes talking week one college football numbers. That's great. At that time. I can't wait. Chris Andrews at the South Point putting up college football. Actually, it's week zero, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Do we call it week zero or we- week one? It's going to be the uh, the week with the is week zero and week one. I think it's both. Yeah, it'll yeah. be both. Yep. Because you've got uh, some really good games in that that first. It's kind of like a preseason week of college football. Anyway, we'll talk. Love to talk college football with Paul Stone. He's going to be in studio in uh, thirty minutes. So I'm actually uh, kind of thrilled. I don't want to like overreact and get my hopes up too high, but I do have a future ticket on the Brewers to win the National League at eighteen to one. Mm-hmm. That's down to like five or six to one now. And I'm at, based on, and things will obviously be different later on in the year, whatever. But based on yesterday watching that game when they threw Burns at Degrom, Burns matched him. Which I, I mean, that can happen with Woodruff, Peralta, or Degrom. And by the way, the Mets bats they disappear a lot. So do the Brewers. And I get it. Like Degrom can easily go out there if they meet in like a seven-game series, and he can be brilliant, and he can throw seven innings of shut up ball and strike out 15 guys. I know that could be the case. But in a seven-game series. When I, I'm going to have the three guys I just talked about, and if they can match inning for inning against Jacob DeGrom and Josh Hader doesn't blow a save, yeah. I mean, it's the Mets we're talking about here with DeGrom, um, and who knows how the matchups will actually drop. But I, I, the top of that rotation is so good, and their bullpen in general is also very, very good. I have my concerns, obviously, with the offense, but the Brewers, I think, stack up against any team in the National League. And 18-1, to 1, and when I bet that, it wasn't really even that long ago when I made that bet. Yeah, I actually think the Brewers are set up for postseason success yeah. because that top of the rotation is going to be tough to beat in the postseason. Uh, obviously, Corbin Burns has not been the uh, the pitcher he was the first, oh, you say month? Yeah. For six weeks. Yeah. He's been a little bit – he has not been nearly as dominant, but still that top three is uh, almost as good as it gets. And then Josh Hader, yeah, he blew a save yesterday. It's going to happen. Sure. Guys are going to blow saves occasionally. Uh, nobody's untouchable. Uh, but – He's about as good as it gets in the bullpen. So I think the Brewers have – they're live. There's no question about it. They're up six games on the Reds in the division. The one team I think has got a chance to maybe sneak up in the second half and surprise would be the St. Louis Cardinals. I think so. And I still think the Cardinals have a ton of talent. They have a lot of offensive potential, and they're pitching uh, – if their pitching comes around the second half, and I think the potential is there – that's the one team I think you got to watch. The Cubs just stopped an 11-game losing streak – I really don't believe the Reds can sustain it, even though right now they're in second place. I think the Cardinals have been underachievers in the first half, and I, I expect the Cardinals to uh, uh, play uh, 
play up more to our, our preseason expectations in the second half. I will, I will say this, and I know they're, they're checking all these pitchers now for foreign substances, but I wa- uh, watched that game almost every pitch yesterday. Burns goes to the, the long hair. I mean, after every single pitch. Does he? It doesn't matter. Left hand, right hand. I'm like, somebody want to check the hair here? You want to see what's going on? I mean, it's just every single time it goes back. Good observation by you. Uh, Up next, uh, UFC 264. Will either fighter bleed in their fight? We'll run down props next. This is Brent Musburger, and here is your VSIN action update. Now, here are the latest lines from my guys in the desert. The Scottish Open tees off today at the Renaissance Club. John Rahm, the U.S. Open winner, is the 7 1 favorite. Xander Shopley, 12 1. Colin Marikawa, 14 1, as is Rory McElroy. Daniel Berger, the 10 1 favorite, with the John Deere Classic at the TPC Deer Run in Silvis, Illinois. Phoenix Suns, a five-and-a-half-point home favorite against the Milwaukee Bucks in Game 2 of the NBA Finals. The total, 220. The Milwaukee Bucks, just 9 of 16 for the free throw line in Game 1, while the Suns went 25 of 26. Baseball today, the Yankees another 38 road favorite at CF. These 10 breaks down all the betting angles for UFC 264 from Las Vegas, from the prelims to the main event featuring Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor. Get sharp betting analysis from the industry's top UFC handicappers, including analytical insight on every fighter and prop available on the card. vcin.com slash subscribe. With your action update, I'm Mike Sennett. Get the latest vcin odds at vsin.com. And remember, cash and tickets is what it's all about. This summer, it's time to update your sports betting wardrobe with some new gear from VSIN. We've got hats, shirts, and mugs with the VSIN logo, or fun sports betting sayings like cash and tickets is what it's all about, and it's not under until it's over. Visit the VSIN store today at vsin.com slash store and find the perfect item for yourself or as a gift. That's vsin.com slash store. We will get into uh, UFC 264 here in a few minutes, uh, we just talked to Aaron Renning about Game 2 tonight of the NBA Finals. Uh, that is the marquee game overall on the betting board tonight. Uh, Suns Lane, 5.5, total again around 220. If you're just tuning into the show, ER is a professional sports better. He thrives on the NBA. He said, look out for a 3 in the first half. He likes Bucks if you can find a 3 in the first half. He also mentioned at the right number, maybe 107.5 if you can find that, on a first-half overplay between these two teams. Uh, I think, you know, if Giannis, I, again, I thought that Giannis looked pretty decent, and I, that's being very conservative, actually. I don't yeah. want to go nuts and say he was amazing, but I, again, I think it all depends on my expectations, too, because I was expecting him to be maybe a little wobbled out there on the court, sure. not at full strength. He certainly looked like a guy who had not just suffered a borderline severe leg injury, you know, a couple of nights before this. If he can go off tonight and be really good defensively, and my, that chase down block, that to me, I'm like, okay, this guy really isn't as banged up as I, you know, anybody right. led us to believe. But if he can be a monster tonight and go for, you know, 28 and 14, have a presence out there defensively, limit Aiton, uh, you would have to like the Bucks' chances not only to cover but to walk away with a win here. Of course, when you look at uh, his performance in Game One, I think it was phenomenal considering the guy had a hyperextended left knee, and there were reports that he might be done for the season. Yeah. Right, and he's during the Eastern Conference Finals, he had 20 points, 17 rebounds. In 35 minutes. So one thing, I think he'll probably have more shot attempts uh, 
tonight. He had only 11 attempts from the field in game one. He did get to the free throw line 12 times. I, th- I thought his performance was great. Uh, cons- all things considered, he was he was doubtful to play the morning of the game. Yeah. And the, f- the fact that he made it out there, plus he's, he can be a force on the defensive end of the floor too. So it'll be inter- interesting tonight to see if uh, he looks better or if uh, you know he's still about the same from game one, if he's got some soreness in that knee and he's uh, just not back to 100%. I, I thought initially going into the series, you know, with uh, basically two and a half days off between game two and game three, that he might not appear in the series until game three on Sunday night when these teams play uh, back in Milwaukee. But the fact he played in game one was so effective, I think that's an encouraging sign for the Bucks and it's all about adjustments. Every series like this is. Sure. And we'll see what the, how the Bucks can adjust on both ends of the floor tonight. And uh, as far as Aaron Renning's point about how to bet the game, if you're going to play the Bucks in the first half, at Circus Sports right now it's plus two and a half. There's so many – hopefully you have more than one out mm-hmm. if you're a sports better. You need to have more than one out. There's so many books out there. There's probably going to be a three out there at some point today. So if you want to play the Bucks in the first half, hold out and try to get that plus three or – Yep. Uh, over 107.5 in the first half. Um, you don't have to take the plus 2.5 now. you got plenty of time before oh, the game. We have, I mean, we're talking about, what, 13 hours before tip time tonight? That's one thing about some sports bettors that has always annoyed me, and um, I never quite understand it. I, you don't bet for entertainment. I never bet for entertainment. You bet because you're trying to win. To me, it's not entertaining to lose a bet. Right. It's, it's, it's uh, very annoying to lose a bet. It is. It's frustrating. Uh, you... But there are so many people who would just have one app on their phone or just always drive to the book that's closest to their house. You have to have multiple outs as a sports better. You have to use six, seven, ten different outs at least. I know guys have a lot more than that. But let's say use at least three, four, or five different outs and get the best number on the game yep. and give yourself a chance. Because if you're not getting the best number in the long run, you really don't have a chance to be a winner. Sure, and we're getting feedback right now and talking about player props and how maybe they're not available in every state and uh, numbers are going to be different. Sure they are, but I will tell you this too. I mean, look, I'll give, I'll give you the perfect example. I mean, for us to be talking about player props as much as we are, when Nevada has been way behind the times on player props compared to so many other jurisdictions, that would tell you about books out here in town who've actually done a really good job with player props. During, mm-hmm. And it's the NBA Finals we're talking about. So they've done a good job. Circa here, they've offered a ton of props going back to the conference finals, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the last couple of weeks, whatever. And other books here have. So player props are going to be readily available at every book, almost everywhere I'm willing to bet. And oh, by the way, I think some people will tell you that yeah, they have lower limits, but I think if you're just getting into betting, I think player props is a good way to get started if you really track that kind of stuff and how you can actually become a winning sports better right away as opposed to like beating numbers overall on the game first half numbers. I think player props might be a way to kind of get your feet wet a little bit. Yeah, you could, certainly. And in big events like this, the player props are so widely available. Oh, they're everywhere now. And uh, you can find differences in those numbers as well. I always say stick to your strengths. If you're good at handicapping player props – Bet those. If you're not, stay away from them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do what you do best because um, in sports betting, you're not going to win if you don't play to your own strengths. We we bring a guest on named Doug Kralstein. His Twitter handle is at PropBetGuy, and he's very good. And that's the only thing he tweets about, prop bets every day, baseball, basketball, you know, K-props in baseball, whatever it is in basketball, and he does the NFL as well. But that's it. He doesn't 
This, I don't think I've ever seen him have an opinion or say, I like this team tonight, minus six. It's always player props. Yeah. Specialization. So, yep. Right? Mm-hmm. But so they need the, the guy the Bucks need to step up and, you know, to go over his Holiday. player props tonight. Bingo. True Holiday. You, you can't be playing like this every other night. Well, that's the thing about Holiday is every other night he's a different player. And uh, for game one, he was bad. Four for 14, 0 for 4 from 3. And uh, 10 points. He's got to be a lot better tonight, and I expect he will be. But the, the conundrum for the Bucks is, will Chris Middleton play well, too, at the same time? It seems like you never sure. get Middleton and Holiday to play well in the same game. Or if you do, the freak is out. Uh, if the if the Bucks can get all three of those guys to play well, they're probably going to win game two. Um, can we get – let me throw a number out to you. Can we get 80 points combined between those three tonight? Holiday, Middleton, and Giannis. Well, if you got 80 points, the game's probably going over the total and the Bucks win. They had 59 points combined between the three of them in game one, right? And that was, I mean, that was I think a lot because Holiday, Holiday was no 10. good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and he shot the ball poorly yet again in that game. I just, uh, strange watching him play. I, I keep going back now to that game um, recently that was on TNT and Barkley had him on in the post game. He's like, why don't you play like this every night? It was after one of his tremendous performances in the playoffs, and his response was, you're right, I hear it all. I've brought this up on the air like four times now. Holiday said, you're right, I hear about it all the time, I need to. Then, like, right away the next game, you just, you don't look like the same guy? <laughs> it's, it's strange. But, and, it is. And I think you can kind of tell with him, I hate to use the, the phrase eyeball test, but I think you can kind of tell right away what kind of night we're in for, for with Holiday. And it just seems like when he's not having a great night, the, the body language is weird. I'm not going to question the effort, but it, he looks like a different guy mm-hmm. on the court when stuff is not going well for him. Well, it's just who he is as a player. Yeah. You know, that's his identity as a player, and he's probably not going to change at this point. But he's going to have to be a different player in game two than he was in game one if the Bucks are going to cover or get the win. I kind of like the Bucks to bounce back tonight, but I don't have a lot of confidence. I, like I said, I wouldn't go out and fire a big bet on the Bucks yeah. because – I suspect they're going to make some some of the right adjustments and play better uh, tonight and probably give themselves a chance to win this game. But how much confidence do you have in them? Like Aaron Renning said in the first hour, it's hard to have confidence in this team over 48 minutes, right? right? And that's why he is specifically looking for a halftime bet in this game tonight because of what he feels about Budenholzer. Um, switching gears here to UFC 264 in Las Vegas this weekend, are you expecting a bounce back from Conor McGregor in this fight? I do. I yeah. do. I think I'm in the minority here because most of the sharp betters who handicapped the UFC, we're going to hear from Lou Finicaro. I think he's going to be on tomorrow, right? Yeah. Uh, I think most UFC analysts, handicappers say, well, it's going to be more of the same from what we saw in the second fight between Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor. And that was Poirier chopping him down with kicks. Connor basically uh, running out of gas and getting pounded. Why is he going to be better? Is he going to train harder? At this point, Connor is a, a guy I, I talked about on yesterday's show, and it's been talked about a lot. He came up as a street fighter. He was a hungry street fighter. Now he's a guy who is a partier. He, uh, he's rich beyond belief. He, he parties in penthouses on yachts. Is he the same guy? Does he have the same hunger? No, he doesn't. But can he get it back for this fight? Mitch, my, my, my thinking here is that Connor's such a prideful guy, and he got his butt kicked so bad in the last fight 
that he is going to put in the training. I think he is going to make the adjustments. We talk about a, a basketball series being about adjustments. Yep. So yep. are fights. And this is a trilogy. I watched the first fight between these two, and Connor pounded uh, Poirier. But that was a long time ago. That was six or seven years ago. Uh, I think Connor is going to put up a much better fight here. And uh, I respect his uh, chances to win. Right now, he's a plus 110. When's the last time you could see Connor McGregor at a plus 110 price? So I, I think the pack mentality is that eh, he doesn't really have a chance. Connor's not the same fighter. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to probably look at it from a different perspective here and uh, kind of a, you know, expect him to bounce back and, make, and give himself a great chance to win this fight. Here is uh, the head of the UFC, Dana White, talking about Connor's approach to this fight. And, you know, this kid's got next-level money. I mean, this guy's doing yachts and, you know, he's doing, he's doing things that, that, that 1% of the world can do. Um, it, it definitely changes you. you. You're not as hungry as you were. And I, and I think that's almost the, the theme of this weekend. Seen a lot of different things from Connor. His family isn't here. Um, they're not coming to the fight. He is. Uh, he, he's been resistant to do any media. He's he's been you know locked up in training. Uh, hasn't talked to anybody. Hasn't you know. So hopefully, what you're seeing here is is a focused, different McGregor, and that's what we're going to find out on Saturday. That was Dana White on Yahoo Sports. Totally focused to your point. You know, he brought up the yacht angle as well, right? I mean, that that does. I mean, that does change people, obviously. Mm -hmm. And he, you know, he was right. I mean, one percent of people in the world can actually do what he's been doing, and to you know, to come from where he actually did, you know, where he was at before all of uh, the riches and the fame. I mean, it's can't really blame a guy, right? But as long as he's going to go out there, and he again, he has pride, and uh, he knows that he he's so popular in that country, right? So, like, that Irish pride is going to be kicking in. Like, everybody mm -hmm. there roots for him, and they love the guy, and he knows what it's like to have an entire country behind his back. Well, and he's been to the top. Absolutely. And he, and he just got his butt kicked by this guy, and that's why I think he's going to bounce back, and you're going to see a different fighter here. But that's speculation on my part. I haven't, you know, first of all, you knew the storyline was going to uh, emerge this week, that Connor's a much more focused guy. No doubt. He's been training harder, blah, blah, blah. I don't, you know, I don't really pay much attention to the media hype as far as that goes that's just my speculation is that uh, we're going to see a different fighter than we did in uh, the second one when, when Poirier kicked his butt I, I do think Connor's going to show up and show up big time this week but uh, I, I respect the uh, the UFC analysts and cappers who put uh, you know who spend more time on this stuff maybe on the UFC than I do and they think, nah, it's going to be more of the same in the second mm -hmm. fight. And right now, it's Circa, which uh, has got a pretty sharp line. Dustin Poirier is minus 130, and Conor McGregor is plus 110, and you just don't see McGregor as a dog. No, you, you really don't. Unless uh, he's fighting Floyd Mayweather. Some numbers that you can find globally on the fight. The length of Bruce Buffer's intro, over under 160 wow. and a half that seconds. That guy is a clown. Oh, you don't, you don't, you don't I, I like can't him? stand Bruce Buffer. I'd have to go back and look and examine like all of the intros for Connor matches over time, to be honest. It's uh, time! Mitch? <laughs> yes, it is. Okay. It'll wake you up. Uh, will fighters touch gloves? Yes, minus 650. They're going to mm. touch gloves. Connor's not going to come out there. If he's, if he he's a change not. guy, I don't he think he's going to come out there and be all cocky and like, disrespect him. I don't know. Uh, he's, he's focused, Mitch. 
Would you want to Family's keep it? not here, and they're not coming. There you go. There and you go. Uh, he's not going to touch gloves this week. Will the fight end in the first minute? Yes, is 7-1. to one. Connor would like to end it in the first minute Connor if Connor wants the fight to be over as quickly as possible because his endurance is uh, obviously inferior to uh, Poirier's. It is. Uh, first successful takedown, Poirier's minus $6. Well, that's a pretty good bet, I think. Uh, yeah, McGregor is 4-1. to one. I don't know if you can parlay any of this stuff, but parlaying uh, first uh, takedown by Poirier into something else here I think would make some sense. First to bleed, McGregor plus 145. Dustin's minus 175. Mm. Can, can McGregor hit him with an early shot but not take him out of the fight? And there's a little bit sure. of, uh, you know, over the right eyebrow. There's some blood coming That's down. It's interesting plus how money. you score that prop, too. Hmm? This, this kind of stuff will never be available right. in Nevada. It's not going to be in Nevada. No, no chance. Um, then you can bet on the individual fighters to bleed. McGregor's plus 190. Poirier is plus 120. I'll tell you what, you put up those props as bookmaker, you're asking for trouble. You're asking for controversy. You kind of are. Yeah. Yep. Who's, yep. who's the first fighter to bleed? That's going to be disputed, right? And you're not, you're not going to take big money on those props either. No. Will either fighter be knocked or submitted unconscious? <laughs> yes is plus 250. That one, that one, again, with the fine print would be a fun one to grade, wouldn't it? I'm fired up for this fight. This, this entire card, UFC 264. Lou Finacaro does a great job breaking it down. And Point Spread Weekly, our digital magazine, is out this week. He's going to be on with us tomorrow, and uh, we're going to do a bunch of UFC analysis on uh, tomorrow's show. Have you made a bet yet? I have not. Okay. Nope. I'm nope. going to wait till tomorrow to uh, put into plays, but I'm probably going to be on McGregor in okay. this fight. Is 110 juicy enough for you? Do you think it keeps going up? Yeah, it might go up a little bit. We'll see. Will McGregor drop an F-bottom in the Octagon interview? Yes, at plus 150. Tough Change guy. Job. Not, Are you serious? It's going to be take the plus price. Take plus on one fifty. Yeah. It's going to be golly gee. He's going to turn into a you know that kind of guy. No. Will he put his hands behind his back during the fight? Yes, it's plus three fifty. Rolling along here on a Thursday. It's follow the money on Vsin, the Sports Betting Network. Today from the OddsTrader.com studio here at Circa Resort and Casino, OddsTrader.com. Download the free OddsTrader app right now. Start winning with up to the second info that you need to get in-time tracking tools. You can compare sportsbook sign-up bonuses at the website, which again is OddsTrader.com. There are some, um, to me, Matt, some juicy dogs today in Major League Baseball. For example, we already talked about the Nationals against the Padres tonight. Very good pitching matchup. It's Scherzer taking on Darvish. And uh, Scherzer is plus 128. They Boy, Chris Paddock. Jeez. They got to him early and often in that game. Uh, Soto. The home run contest, by the way, is going to be fun next week. I told course. you on yesterday's show, I don't like Chris Paddock. And uh, yep. he calls himself the sheriff, and he's been more like the deputy Barney Fife. He, he's... The, the Nationals beat him up last night. Yep. I, I don't like what I've seen at all from Chris Paddock this season. No. He's had a couple decent starts in the past month or so, but if you look at the Padres' staff as a whole, Mitch, it's been really disappointing. I would agree. I know Joe Musgrove threw the no-hitter 
uh, but he has not been that great since. Blake Snell doesn't go deep into any games. Mm-hmm. He can't win on the road. And, uh, you know, you Darvish has actually been uh, far and away the ace, and uh, he's going to go today opposite Max Scherzer. So I think this is a, the best game today in baseball. They are a streaky team overall, the Padres. They'll get hot for a week, then they'll lose four in a row out of nowhere, and you're like, wait a second, what, what happened there? Uh, what was that stat, by the way? Um, it's not about right now. The, uh, the Padres staff, I think that was the 16th game. Here you go. Yeah. Last night was the 16th time a starter has not gone more than three innings a season. And Blake Snell's responsible for a lot of that, too. Yep. But you can't, I mean, when you addressed that a lot in the offseason. 16th time. I know you've had 16 times. And he also got Denelson Lamette, who's been uh, limited. Uh, He he was not going to go deep into games anyway. But, yeah, that's... That's really a, that's a poor number, and it, it makes you wonder how the Padres are 51-38. and 38. Well, here's how. They have a potentially explosive offense, and they have the number one or number two bullpen in baseball. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so exactly right. So when the starters right. go, don't go deep in the games, uh, the bullpen can pick up the slack, and that's been the case. And, you know, that's one reason I think I'm going to look at the Nationals' first five in this game with Scherzer instead of the full game, because Scherzer's probably going to go out after six innings, maybe seven. The Padres then have the edge in the game because their bullpen's that much better. Agreed. Yep, that's a good point. So uh, I knew that I was going, depending on the number here, I knew I was going to like the Royals today on the road against the Indians. Plesak is going today for Cleveland. They have been struggling, though, in a big-time way. Uh, they've lost nine consecutive games. Bats haven't exactly been too lively here in this stretch. Uh, and they open up a dollar forty-two favorite, and I mean here at Circa they're down to minus one thirty-one. The Royals were plus one thirty with Danny Duffy, who's having a really nice season, mm-hmm. and uh, and down from plus one thirty to that plus one twenty range. I still like the Royals at around plus one twenty. Yeah, I don't blame you. You're, you're talking about a team that <clears throat> is on a losing streak and is laying a buck forty. And I, Duffy's one of those guys I think is a sneaky good left-hander mm-hmm. that not many people talk about, and sometimes you can find some betting value with him if, uh, you're, if you're not afraid to bet the Kansas City Royals. So, um, yeah, that's, that's uh, one dog I looked at. Probably not going to play it, but that's one dog I did look at for tonight. Did you also look at the M's today against the Yankees? I'm probably going to play the Mariners, yes. Uh, last night, I, I don't know how Seattle lost a game last night. You have uh, Kikuchi, who's an all-star, starting against a, a clown for the Yankees. Domingo Herman was scratched late. The Yankees throwing a guy who's totally unprepared uh, for the start. But Kikuchi gives up three runs in the top of the first. Yeah. And the Yankees hold on. They lead 5-1, to one, and they hold on to win 5-4. Uh, Seattle's dropped the first two of this series. Uh, you talk about streaks in baseball, Mitch. Uh, so Gilbert starts tonight for the uh, – today, sorry. This game starts at 1-1 p.m. Pacific, mm-hmm. so it's an early game. Jordan Montgomery against Logan Gilbert, who's a 6'6", 225-pound right-hander for the Mariners. Uh, Gilbert, his numbers are not outstanding, but the Mariners have won seven straight Gilbert starts. And uh, at plus, uh, let's see, I'll say plus 125, mm-hmm. 128 right now at circuit, plus 128, I'm probably going to bet Seattle. He's one of the better uh, ROI pitchers in baseball. And uh, this nice stretch, obviously, the the Yankees bats have come alive so far this week well, in Seattle. This you know this should have been happening for a long time so far this season. Only took 80 games for yeah. the Yankees bats to wake up. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Let's follow the money here on Vsin, the Sports Betting Network. Email is ftm at vsin 
Dynamite.com. Up next, Paul Stone is going to join the program in studio. College football handicapper. He's dynamite at doing it. Uh, we'll get his thoughts on week one matchups, Hawaii, UCLA in week zero, and new co- uh, coaches to watch. That's coming up next. If you are looking for a hot tip to bet on, BetRivers Sportsbook has you covered every day. Go to the BetRivers app or BetRivers.com and find the game you want to bet on. Tap tips, and you'll get instant research for the upcoming matchup. Try it out for baseball, soccer, tennis, and a variety of other sports. And to make your experience more rewarding, BetRivers offers the most live streams of major sports, instant payouts, and only one-time playthrough. BetRivers, your hometown sportsbook. Offer valid in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Available at PlaySugarHouse.com in New Jersey. The Bet Rivers Sportsbook at BetRivers.com. How nice of a guy is Paul Stone? College football handicapper. Uh, awesome at what he does. Sends a text over last night. Hey, guy's going to be in town. Um, I can come in studio tomorrow at 530 in the morning. You gonna come in studio? Yeah, I thought okay. well, he must be up at his uh, usual circa penthouse room. Right. He's just gonna uh, come down here and jump in studio with us. No, he's staying out at the South Point, and he took an Uber in here just to be in studio. How are you, pal? Absolutely, doing well. Glad to be with you guys. And uh, yeah, we're moving. We're inside sixty days from the start of the college football season. So exciting times. Uh, Got golf, European tour golf already on, and just uh, a great time of the year. Yep. By the way, Lee Westwood in the clubhouse at uh, 65 today, so he's six under, and some other guys are in that neighborhood by the, at the Scottish Open. Sanders so, Shoffley on the leaderboard yep, at he's the right Scottish there. Open. It's on the golf channel right now. Yep. So the reason why you're in town, we're going to get into this coming up in about 10 minutes. Chris Andrews over at the South Point, he is releasing week one numbers today. A little bit later on. You're in town. You're going to go bet uh, on those games today. We'll talk about those matchups coming up in about 10 minutes. Um, So how about week zero numbers and games that we have on the betting board? And it depends on where you look, like the Hawaii-UCLA game, the opener, soft number on UCLA. It's up to like 16 now. Your overall thoughts on that matchup, and uh, what did you make the number? Yeah, you know, I actually made the number 17.5, UCLA minus 17.5, so... uh... You know, I'm a little bit higher than those guys. But you look at, uh, first of all, Hawaii, they have not been very good as a double-digit uh, road underdog uh, the last few years. They're 2-8, and eight, I believe. Their last 10 is a double-digit underdog in these, against these types of opponents. You look on the flip side, though, not to throw too many trends out there, but UCLA, I believe, only 10-19 and 19 of the last seven years as a home favorite. So you, you don't have uh, – neither team is really good in the role that they're cast in. This is a game that I watch. It's an interesting game. It's, it's probably the marquee game, quote-unquote, on that week zero card. But a game that I'm going to watch with a lot of interest, but uh, I don't think I'll be involved in it. Uh, the number's, you know, a little bit, uh, a little bit too high, and I don't, I don't really have a position on either side. I actually like UCLA in the game at the, uh, at the Rose Bowl, but that number opened at one offshore spot at nine. That was a bad number. I actually, uh, Paul, I, 
I had the number of 14 and a half. I think you had a, a higher number on that game. And I think uh, this Hawaii team's decent. Hawaii, Hawaii was one of the best bets of the bowl season, by the way. But um, uh, does Chip Kelly have his best team at UCLA? And how much emphasis are you putting on returning starters when we talk about a college football season that's going to be much different than anyone we've seen with the transfer portal and guys getting extra years. It's just going to be a, a different type of season where you can't judge returning starters the same way you did in the past, right? I'll tell you, college football is getting to be just a uh, an extremely uh, difficult handicap. You know, you had we had an historic event uh, in college football this year where the, the transfer portal, one-time immediate eligibility transferring from one school to another, now NIL, name, image, and likeness, started on July 1st. I mean, it is a, uh, you know, there is just chaos almost. So it's a very difficult uh, handicap. But to answer your question about returning starters, you know, it used to be uh, if a team returned, you know, say 16, 17, 18 starters, you know, that was really a big deal. They were in the upper echelon uh, in, in terms of schools with the most, most returning starters. But that's pretty much the norm this year. I mean, everybody, some schools have 20, 21 starters back. So you can't put as much stock on it. Uh, I'm looking at the quality of the uh, the players coming back. Chip Kelly in his fourth year. One thing he needs to do, he's got some good offensive uh, firepower there. He's got a quarterback from Las Vegas, uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, who uh, you know had a nice career and uh, perhaps will take the, the next step this year in his senior season. But they've averaged giving up UCLA defensively the last four years 30.7 points or more right. each season. And even though it's an offensive football game now in college football, it's not that offensive. You know, they yep. got to get a little bit better on defense. And they're an intriguing team. I think they've got – I think Phil Steele has them listed with 10 starters back on both sides of the ball. So UCLA with 20 returning starters. So that's going to be uh, – they're going to be an interesting watch this year. Yeah, unfortunately, UCLA also has Jerry Azanaro back as defensive coordinator. <laughs> Yeah, they, they I, I definitely. I really don't understand why Chip Kelly hasn't replaced him as DC. He's been a horrible defensive coordinator. And if Rocky Long's out there, why don't you bring Rocky Long back to UCLA as defensive coordinator? I, I just don't get that one. I mean, Rocky Long's got a, a pedigree as far as defensive football and coaching defensive yeah. football that, that's second to none. So uh, I certainly can see that. It's hard, you know, it's hard to know sometimes why. Uh, relationships sometimes uh, are, are kind of I think they uh, they've been together a long time and, and they just can't uh, right. can't pull the cord maybe but who knows what the situation is there who are some new coaches and new spots or young coaches that we need to keep an eye on well I think first of all you know the most notable hire of the offseason has to be Steve Sarkeesian mm -hmm. at Texas I mean you know even though they hadn't been a player in the upper echelon of college football the past decade or so. It's still the University of Texas, still moves the needle. You know, I think in time, you know, he's saying all the right things right now, but I talk about often, you know, talking time. You know, during talking time when you're talking about, you know, all gas, no brakes, and you're pumping up the alums <laughs> and you're using all these buzzwords, everybody gets jacked up and thinks it's just going to be a big year. But uh, if they lose to Louisiana Lafayette uh, the first weekend in September, those uh, things will kind of – uh, shift gears a little bit. So Sarkeesian, he, he's going to be, uh, you know, he's got college uh, football head coaching experience, hired at a, age 32 at the University of Washington. 
uh, later coached at uh, Southern Cal, offensive coordinator uh, with the Atlanta Falcons, I believe, for a couple of years, and most recently at Alabama. Uh, and one thing, you know, people look at that Alabama offense, but uh, when he shows up, and he's already shown up in Austin, but Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle, they're not on the roster there. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, right. you know, he's, he doesn't have the same pieces to make it happen. But it, it'll be interesting. He's got to turn the tide. Oklahoma's obviously the big boy in the Big 12, Texas A&M. Uh, still beating Texas more often than not mm. for top recruits. And then you've got Ohio State and Alabama and some others coming in and cherry-picking recruits. So he's got to shift that tide if he's going to be successful there. I think Brian Harson at Auburn, a uh, curious hire in my mind. Uh, yes. You know, he's, he was he did coach one season back in 2013 at Arkansas State. Two years before that, he was offense coordinator at the University of Texas. But he really doesn't have roots in the South. He certainly doesn't have an SEC background. He did hire – uh, Mike Bobo is his offensive coordinator, and Derek Mason, formerly the head coach at Vanderbilt, is oh boy, defensive what a coordinator. Loaded stuff. But uh, so he's got some SEC uh, people on his staff. That's we'll, an awkward hire. We'll continue with that up next, and also uh, what you're expecting today with some of these Week One matchups posted at the South Point with Paul Stone here on Follow the Money. Sign up today for the DraftKings Sportsbook. Get a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Simply download the app, sign up using promo code VSIN, and get started with the only top-rated sportsbook that matters. DraftKings, you can bet on it. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, it's 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full terms and conditions as we continue here now with a college football better. Handicapper Paul Stone. Uh, has been kind enough to join us here on this show and in the network for the last three, four years now. It's a great job uh, on this sport. So getting into week one numbers, which are going to be released uh, this morning at South Point, you brought up the Lafayette-Texas game. For, forget about the number for a second here. Is that a losable game for Texas? It's absolutely a losable game. I mean, you've got a, a Texas team. First of all, you know, this is their uh, – you have a new staff, obviously, with Steve Sarkeesian, the new coaching staff. You'll have a first-time quarterback, either Casey Thompson or Hudson Card. It's eventually going to be Hudson Card uh, will be the quarterback, I believe. You've lost Sam Ellinger, a four-year starter who was a gamer. You've lost your best defensive player in Joseph Osai. You have new people scattered throughout the lineup uh, for Texas. And then on the other side, uh, a team that really benefited greatly from the super senior season that the NCAA gave, Louisiana Lafayette. I mean, they've got a – a senior quarterback who's played a lot of football, Levi Lewis. Uh, they've got 20 starters returning total. They're a good football team. Uh, I made this number uh, Texas minus nine, and this is actually one that Chris actually released on the games of the year back on May 21st, I believe. So he opened it at nine as well. So I think he's in uh, in a mm. good spot there. But I think Louisiana, you know, Texas starts hosting Louisiana, then they go to Arkansas the next week, and uh, I think it's going to be – uh, a tough chore for the Longhorns to be 2-0 and then. Uh, you know, and they might not even be 1-1. and So <laughs> the honeymoon might be over quickly. Hmm. All right, so when Chris Andrews puts these numbers up at 10 a.m., uh, how many – you've made numbers on every game Chris is going to have up on the board, right? 
Yes. How many? What? What's what's going to be off in your mind? What's the if a game's off two points to your number? What are you looking for exactly when you walk up there? Because you do this every year. You've been doing it for many years. What are you looking for when Chris puts up his numbers in terms of differences to your numbers and what you want to play? Well, obviously, I mean, when the game's, you know, from zero to seven, two or three points difference there is a lot different than two or three points when you're talking about, you know, 23 and a half and 26 and a half. So certainly the lower the number, uh, lower the point spread that he puts up, the greater the disparity. That's certainly going to catch my eye. But there are some teams, you know, that's not the only thing I look at because some teams, and you guys know this is handicapping many, many sports, some teams you just don't have a great feel for. And even if you make numbers like I do in college football, sometimes the number might be all three or four points. And I just say, man, I don't, I don't have that much confidence in my mm. feel for that team or mm. those teams. Mm-hmm. So you pass on it. So, uh, you know, it just depends on the games. You kind of go in with a little bit of a script that if he – this is my buy number. If he has this game, you know, this is a game I'm looking at. If he makes this number this, you know, then I'm going to take, you know, team A or team B. So I know I personally, and I'm sure Brad Powers and some of the other guys that are – out there for these events each year do the same thing. I go in with a little bit of an idea of what I'm looking for, but mm-hmm. at the same time I have an open mind and just kind of respond and assess it very quickly because people are betting and the numbers you know, are going to move a point or more on anybody's bet, so you do have to respond quickly. How many places in the world are these numbers up right now? Just a one offshore? You know, the one offshore uh, bet online is the only one that I'm aware of. You know, I've asked around and looked around. and DraftKings uh, has got some up too, right? They've got a lot of week one numbers as part of their games of the year, which they have a pretty extensive offering of games mm-hmm. of the year. DraftKings certainly does. But I don't think they have all of the week right. one numbers up. But they do have the marquee ones, so right. they've got quite a few. So which games in week one that were not posted as part of a you know, game of the year package at either the South Point or other spots are you actually looking forward to today, the scene? Not, not, you don't have to give away the number here, obviously, but just the matchups that are not available as of right now. Right. I mean, and again, some of these are not marquee games, but I mean, uh, Duke and Charlotte, that's a, that's a game that I'm going to be uh, looking at. Uh, another game would certainly be uh, West Virginia and Maryland. I don't think I've seen a, a line. West Virginia is going to College Park week one. I don't think I've seen a line on that game yet. I'm interested in, uh, in that game, the uh, Oregon State at Purdue game. Uh, Matt's alma, alma mater there at Purdue. I think that's an interesting uh, interesting number to look at. Um, you know, the game that's going to be played, I believe, out here at Allegiant Stadium, uh, BYU play in Arizona. You know, what, what's that number going to fall? So, uh, what are you and, expecting? And UTSA at Illinois, that's another really interesting uh, game. I, I'm interested to see where Chris falls on that. Oh, I wanted to ask you about Arizona-BYU. So you have a new coach at Arizona, uh-huh. and you have a new quarterback at BYU. Zach Wilson's gone. So – what do you make, uh, Paul? Can you tell us what you made the number in that game? Neutral site game in Vegas? Yeah, I made uh, – and I might be just a little bit high, but I made BYU 14 and a half. Really? That high, huh? Yeah, so, uh, you know, Arizona, just if you look at there, and it's a new year and it's a new coach and a new staff and you wipe the slate clean and you have to adjust. I mean, if a team is really bad at the end of one season, all things being equal, you're naturally going to bump it up a little bit at the start. At least I do. You're going to bump it up a little bit at the start of of the new season because, you know, a lot of people kind of hate to say give up, but you lose your steam and a lot of those – differentials at the end of the year where they're getting beat by 46 points were just a uh, 
product of just not being all in. So, uh, but still, Arizona, boy, they they got smashed last year, sure. and a lot of football games. I don't have it in front of me, but their uh, margins of defeat were quite substantial. Uh, that Arizona State game was really ugly. So, uh, that's not a that's one of the worst Power Five teams in college football starting the year. So, BYU, even though they've got a lot of new faces and a new quarterback and uh, so forth. They do always. They're usually good on both lines because they have older players. They've got players coming back from missions, things like that. Um, so, uh, yeah, I made it a little over two touchdowns. What are you expecting from Indiana this year? They were a, a great story last year. Could have made the case that they belonged in the Big Ten title game because of what happened with Ohio State. But are you expecting – like, they, they surprise a lot of people. Are they that good, or do they come back to the pack this year? You know, I use the phrase often, you know, it's one thing to be the hunter, it's another to yeah. be the hunted. And, and this Indiana team, you look at their seven regular season games last year before they lost to Ole Miss in the bowl, they were the betting underdog three times. Mm -hmm. In the opener uh, to Penn State and then to Michigan and then to Wisconsin, they won all three of those games outright. Uh, they were plus eight in the turnover category in, eight, in an eight-game schedule. I think they got, with all apologies to our buddy uh, Wes Reynolds, I think they got a gift victory over Penn State in the opener. Yes. Uh, I don't yeah, think Michael did. Pennick scored on that two-point no, conversion run. He if that not. game's in State College, the exact same play, I think, uh, <laughs> I think Penn State gets the victory. I used to say the officials might be influenced in that manner. But this is an Indiana team, again, uh, to quote uh, our buddy Bill Shakespeare, uh, you know, heavy is the head that wears the crown. You know, they're kind of wearing the crown now. They're going to be ranked – in the AP poll, the wire service preseason poll for the first time since 1969. This team has a, a, a total of eight shaded to the under at minus 152 at DraftKings. So you've got to lay a lot of juice. But this team had won nine games since way back in 1967. Mm -hmm. So if you bet under eight on Indiana at minus 152, as much as I, I love their coach and, and what they're doing there, they've got to win nine games for you to lose the ticket. And I think playing under – <clears throat> excuse me, aid at minus 152 at DraftKings is a great regular season play. You'll see, remember off the top of your head, Indiana's non-conference schedule because the Hoosiers usually set up four cupcakes in a, in a non-conference. I have to double check. Yeah. Uh, three or four, three or four the... cupcake opponents. Anyway, we'll look at – Paul, any other uh, win total bets that you really like? Because I agree with you on Indiana. Anything else that you have played or uh, want to play? Yeah, I'll give you a couple, a couple more that I've uh, – played or going to play at DraftKings. You look at Tennessee with Josh Heupel. I mean, this, this is a uh, train wreck. They've lost reportedly 24 players to the transfer portal, more than any team in the NCAA, uh, and not just any players. I mean, they lost Henry Toa Toa, the linebacker, who's mm -hmm. now at Alabama, their best defensive player, the best player in the program. They lost their best two running backs, Eric Gray and Ty Chandler, who are now at Oklahoma and North Carolina. So they've lost a lot of players – and a lot of talented players, they've got an easy schedule, uh, but you know, a few gimmies on there. But they've got, again, they've got to win seven games for a person to lose this ticket, and I don't think they're going to win six. So I'll recommend uh, Tennessee under six okay. at minus 139. And then Nevada at over seven and a half. I look more towards the under on these things, but Nevada at over seven and a half at minus 125, a great offensive football team. I got the quarterback in Carson Strong, the reigning Mountain West Offensive Player of the Year. You got two receivers that rival many Power Five 
programs. You got a guy, Romeo uh, Dubs, who had over a thousand yards receiving last year in nine games. Another guy, Elijah Cooks, their second wide receiver, he missed most of last year, but he had over 900 yards receiving in 2019. Yeah. Then they've got a nice running back. Uh, you know, Nevada, they're my dark horse pick in the Mountain West. Oh. And if they get a little bit better on defense, uh, I think the Wolfpack, uh, they're going to be a player in the Mountain West this year. I can year. see that too. Indiana's non-conference, by the way. They open up at, at Iowa, Iowa. At Iowa. So uh, a conference game to begin on Liberty weekend. They play Idaho at home. They actually get Cincy at home this year as a non-conference well, spot. That's a good non-conference game. It's a really good non-conference yeah. game. And then they play at Western Kentucky the following week. And that's pretty much it for the okay. non-conference. Well. So, uh, by the way, I've listened to not all of them, but I'm catching up on the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. Very good start. What I like, first of all, so many great nuggets in there so far. I'm, I think, two or three deep. But you keep it to like 18, 20 minutes. I love that in, in podcast form. Yeah, you know, I, I try to keep it for sure under 30 minutes. You know, people have – we have busy lives, and we've, we all live by the rule of 168. There's only 168 hours in the, uh, in the week, and I, I don't expect people to – uh, spend their uh, you know lifetime with me. They've got other things to do. So if I can <laughs> if I can get people to listen for for twenty five or so minutes and hopefully try to keep it to useful, not just a whole lot of uh, you know talking noise. Try to throw some stuff out there and uh, hopefully people are finding it beneficial. And the Paul Stone Sports Podcast is available wherever podcasts can be reached. And you're also on Twitter at Paul Stone Sports. Man, so nice of you to come in studio again today. Uh, I wish you the best of luck today when you go over to the South Point and bet their numbers in week one. Absolutely. Well, great being with you guys and uh, getting close to college football, so it's a great time of the year. Yeah, you got it. Thanks, Paul. We appreciate that. In the next hour, uh, Mike Palm's going to join us in studio Thursdays with the Mice Row, and we'll do a quick betting recap from last night with no hyperbole on the way as well.